has gone Hey, you're listening to Rock and or Roll. I'm BJ, and on today's episode, I'm going to tell you about a band called Unicorn. The Unicorn story begins in 1963 in Send, a village in Surrey, England, when Pat Martin began making music with a schoolmate named Ken Baker. During summer break, Pat would ride his bike to Ken's house in Ockham, a guitar slung over his shoulder, and they both plugged into a homemade amplifier built by Ken's uncle. Pat's father realized that his son was safer and better off playing music than hanging out with the quote yobs that he had been mixing with, so Pat's dad bought the boys some better equipment and signed on as the band's manager. They soon recruited a drummer named Pete Perrier. They originally called the band the Senders, changing it to the Pink Bears and later the Late Edition, which was eventually shortened to just the Late. See that man over there 
They played many gigs in and around the local area and rehearsed in Pat's dad's garage, which he also converted into a studio for them. They called it The Shed. They started out as a beat group focused mainly on playing covers by bands like The Beatles, The Searchers, and The Hollies. But they began writing their own material in 1967, with Ken Baker as the chief songwriter. After recording a number of these original songs, they landed a month-long residency at the Carousel Club in Copenhagen, which led to a nine-month tour as Billy J. Kramer's backing band. It was regular money, and the boys quit school at age 17 to become professional musicians. In the early days, various members came and went, including guitar player Trevor Mee. He was a gifted guitarist, so Pat Martin switched from guitar to bass. The band eventually graduated to playing the famous Atalanta Club in Woking, and they saw many other famous bands there, including The Who, The Turtles, John Mayles Blues Breakers, and the second-ever gig by Cream. Inspired by the first Crosby, Stills & Nash album, the band began to develop a country rock sound, and it was demos in that style which Pat's father used to secure them a record deal with Transatlantic Records. It was then that the label changed the band's name to Unicorn. Band's first album was produced by Hugo Murphy, who went on to produce Baker Street for Jerry Rafferty. 
Hugo had been an apprentice to Who producer Shel Talmy. The first album was called Uphill All the Way and came out in 1971. That same year, the band supported Lindisfarne at the Royal Festival Hall. They also opened for a band called Quiver at the Roundhouse. Eventually, the band graduated to playing universities and as a support act for more well-known groups, including traveling to the United States where they opened for Fleetwood Mac and the Doobie Brothers. Unfortunately, they only played two shows with the Doobie Brothers. A quote from Pat Martin, I think it was in Des Moines. We did a sound check the audience were in We went back to our hotel, we came back in time for the show, we were getting tuned up and ready to go out on stage and their manager came in. He said, 
Tom Johnston has just OD'd. The tour is off. The band was able to open for Billy Joel at the Cellar Door in Washington, D.C., and they also played with Styx and Linda Ronstadt. In 1972, guitar player Trevor Mee left Unicorn and moved to Guernsey, having met a woman there during a series of gigs the band played in the Channel Islands. Trevor Mee was replaced by guitar player Kevin Smith, who previously played with the band Camel. After a couple of disappointing tours of Italy and Sweden, the band found a bit of success in the Netherlands, including performing on a television show opening for the Flying Burrito Brothers. Unicorn's big break came in early 1973 when they were asked to play at the wedding of Transatlantic Records employee Ricky Hopper.
Hopper worked in promotion for the label and had taken a liking to the band. But by the time of his wedding, Hopper had left the label. Still, he called the band up and asked them to perform at his wedding. A quote from Pat Martin, he said, I can't afford to pay you, but there will be a lot of famous people there. We all thought, oh yeah, yeah, we've heard that before. Hopper wasn't kidding, as one of the famous guests at his wedding was Pink Floyd guitar player David Gilmore. The Dark Side of the Moon had recently come out and was a big deal on the record charts. A quote from Pat Martin, David came up to us during the break and said he really liked our original numbers. Gilmore had especially taken a liking to the band's song Sleep Song, which was written partly about going to the dentist. A quote from Pat Martin, David thought it was amazing. He'd never heard anyone write a song about going to the dentist, and so he asked for my number. David Gilmour also jumped on stage with Unicorn at the wedding and jammed with them on Neil Young's Heart of Gold. A quote from David Gilmour, Their playing was spot on and the harmonies were perfect. A week later, Gilmour phoned Pat Martin to tell him that construction had just been completed on a studio at Gilmour's country retreat. And to test the studio out, he wanted to record some Unicorn demos. The band immediately accepted and a few days later traveled to Essex in an old transit van and met up with David Gilmore at the gate to the estate. Gilmore said there was no need to bring their gear in and showed them into the studio where he had an amazing collection of vintage Fender, Gibson, Rickenbacker and Martin guitars, Fender amps and a premier drum kit. <laughs> okay, well let's go to another demo now which, is, uh, which takes us away from Dark Side of the Moon and takes us into uh, the Wall uh, era. It's the demo for Comfortably Numb. Uh, which, while we're lining it up, and we're just about to line it up, tell us where this came from. Because this, in fact, comes from the 
starts signing in time, doesn't it? No, no, is that right? The, from the Comfortably Numb demo mm. uh, comes from when I was making my first solo album at uh, Super Bear Studio in the south of France. And um, it was after the band had gone home and we were running out of time and money. And um, this was just something I wrote and plonked down on a little high-strung guitar one afternoon. Gilmore invited the band back to record at his studio on several other occasions. On one occasion, after the band shared a meal with Gilmore, having one of the very first VCRs in Britain, Gilmore put on a videotape of Monty Python's sketches. Yes, sir. I'd like to have an argument, please. Certainly, sir. <laughs> have you been here before? No, this is my first time. I see. Do you want to have uh, the full argument, or were you thinking of taking a course? Well, uh, what would be the cost? Well, yes, it's five. It's one pound for a five-minute argument, but only eight pounds for a course of ten. Hmm. Well, I think it's probably best if I start with the one and see how it goes from there. Okay. Fine. I'll see who's free at the moment. Uh, Mr. Dubake is free, but he's a little bit conciliatory. Mm. Yes, sir. Try Mr. Barnard, room twelve. Thank you. <clears throat> is this the right one for an argument? I've told you once. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Just now. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Didn't. I did. didn't. I'm telling you, I did. You did not. Oh, I'm sorry, is this a five-minute argument or the full half hour? Oh, oh, just the five-minute one. Fine. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I did. You most certainly did not. Now, let's get one thing quite clear. <laughs> I most definitely told you. You did not. Yes, I did. You did not. Yes, I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. No, this is an argument. 
Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's just contradiction. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It is not. It is. <laughs> you just contradicted me. No, I didn't. Oh, you did. No, 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 no. You did just no, then. No, no, nonsense. Oh, look, this is futile. No, it isn't. I came here for a good argument. No, you didn't. You came here for an argument. Well, an argument's not the same as contradiction. Can be. No, it can't. An argument's a connected series of statements to establish a definite proposition. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It isn't just contradiction. Look, if I argue with you, I must take up a contrary position. But it isn't just saying, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. <laughs> argument's an intellectual process. Contradiction is just the automatic gainsaying of anything the other person says. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Not at all. No, look. I... Thank you. Morning. <laughs> what? That's it. Good morning. But I was just getting interested. Sorry, the five minutes is up. That was never five minutes just now. I'm afraid it was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not allowed to argue anymore. What? If you want me to go on arguing, you'll have to pay for another five minutes. But that was never five minutes just now. Oh, come on. <laughs> This is ridiculous. I'm very sorry, but I told you I'm not allowed to argue unless you pay. Oh, all right. There you are. Thank you. Well? Well, what? That was never five minutes just now. I told you I'm not allowed to argue unless you pay. I just paid. No, you didn't. I did! I did! I did! Look, <laughs> I don't want to argue about that. Well, I'm very sorry, but you didn't pay. Aha! Well, if I didn't pay, why are you arguing? Gotcha! No, you haven't. Is that? If you're arguing, I must have paid. Not necessarily. I could be arguing in my spare time. <laughs> I've had enough of this. No, you haven't. Oh, shut up. It was also around this time that a young artist Ricky Hopper had discovered named Kathy Bush came to Gilmore's studio to record some demos, and Unicorn worked as her backing band. This was August of 1973, Kathy Bush, who later became Kate Bush, was only 15 years old at the time. The band's fee for the session was meatloaf made by David Gilmore's wife, Ginger. When you, when you discovered Kate Bush, she was like 16 or something? 15, I think, yeah. Is it true that they, they just held her material back until they thought she was old enough? For, no, I don't. What's I, the truth I, of that story? I think, that's the, uh, I think that's the record company blurb, you know. Uh, they... When we, when we started her off, I put her together with an, an engineer and a producer and an arranger and a top studio, and, and I chose the songs out of... She had about 40 or 50 songs, and I picked three. And um, I had this friend of mine who was a ranger-producer, and I gave him the songs and said, listen, get this all fixed up, take her in the studio and do these songs as masters, not as demos. And I said... Uh, I'd already got demos, and I knew that from the way she sounded when she was plonking around the piano, it took, you know, a better than an average A&R man's ear to spot the talent in it. So, How did you actually interact with her first? Where did you first run into her? Um, she was the sister of a friend of mine's friend. And, That's it, you know. And this, yeah, and... Uh, my friend came to me and said, listen, my friend has a little sister who's really groovy, you know. Um, have a listen. So I said, all right, I'll have a listen. But, um, you know, I was kind of busy at the time doing other things. And I didn't really have the time to get deeply involved with it. So I just spent some time listening to the tapes. 
doing some demo tapes with her and stuff and picked out the songs and sent her into a studio and made three masters which I then took to EMI and said do you want this and they listened to it and said yes we'll have it please and, uh, and they put two of the two of the tracks which were those demos on the first album but they were recorded like two or three years before one of the songs from these sessions Kate Bush with Unicorn was released as the B-side of Bush's 1980 single Army Dreamers. It's called Passing Through Air. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. 
Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. So David Gilmore lobbied the label and ended up producing Unicorn's second album at Olympic Studios along with engineer Rufus Cartwright. The album was released as Blue Pine Trees in the UK, self-titled in the US. It's a very strong country rock album with well-constructed songs that are perfectly produced by Gilmore.
Unicorn toured the United States in the fall of 1974. The first night of the tour, they headlined the Whiskey A Go-Go with Patti Smith opening. 1975 was mostly spent recording the third Unicorn album, Too Many Crooks, released in America as Unicorn 2, once again produced by David Gilmore and recorded at Olympic Studios. The album was a great follow-up to Blue Pine Trees.
easy come, easy to go. Let me down, let me alone. Ring of stone, cracked by the sun. Broken wheels, turn into dust till we can try again. Too Many Crooks also included the excellent song No Way Out of Here, which went on to become the standout track on David Gilmour's 1978 self-titled solo album. Unicorn performed as a support act for a number of well-known bands during this period, including John Entwistle on his 1975 tour, Hawkwind, Nils Lofgren, and Steel Eye Span in 1976. They also did two UK tours with Dr. Hook. Unicorn became the first band to record at Pink Floyd's new Britannia Rose Studios when they began recording their fourth album, which was half produced by David Gilmour but when he had to go out on tour with Pink Floyd, the remaining tracks were produced by Muff Winwood, who was actually brought in by the label in an attempt to make the album more commercial.
One More Tomorrow was actually released by Harvest Records in 1977. It got Record of the Week on Johnny Walker's show on the BBC, Pat Martin remembers. But when the band had presented the final tapes to Harvest, the label executives were not impressed. A quote from Pat Martin, At that time, punk and new wave were coming. We couldn't have been more unfashionable. They had to put the album out because they were contracted to. After that, we did a few more gigs, and then one day they just called us in the office and said, Sorry guys, we can't do any more for you. I'm not asking much, I only want love It's something I for one don't see too much of I seem to spend my life waiting for you There's not much else I can do So I walk around, I don't know where she'll be I saw her yesterday, but she didn't see me And like a fool, I just stood there instead She was no plain Jane, I swear I don't want the world just fame
Harvest Records dropped the band in 1977, and the band's last performance took place at the Music Machine in Camden Town to an audience that was so small that the band cut the performance short. They talked about possibly moving to America, where their sound might have found a wider audience, but they packed it in instead. So there you have it. Unicorn were a great band with great songs, but they didn't quite fit into the pub rock scene. They were kind of outsiders in the UK at the time. They were probably right when they had the idea of moving to America, but in the late 70s, the band probably didn't have very much hope of catching on. Earlier in the episode, we heard David Gilmour's amazing version of Unicorn's song "No Way Out of Here." I actually preferred David's version to the Unicorn version, but that might just be because the first time I heard the song, and for years, the only version I was familiar with with David Gilmour's, and I always loved David Gilmour's version of the song. But let's close out the episode with the original Unicorn version of "No Way Out of Here."